You may be seated, but before you do that, I should say, shake somebody's hand. Wish somebody a Merry Christmas. Glad you're here tonight. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Morning Star Fellowship. We've been looking at Christmas at the movies, using probably movies all of us have seen and enjoyed as points of connecting and illustration. And tonight, uh, we're looking at a Christmas classic. We're going way back, even before I was born, and uh, most of us were born, but it's become a classic over time. And tonight, we're going to look at It's a Wonderful Life, starring Jimmy Stewart as George Bailey and Donna Reed as his wife, Mary. And we look at this 1946 classic, and the plot is this. How many have seen this movie before? Yeah, it's not action-packed. It's not like, you know, Home Alone and Little Kevin and all this action. It's actually drama, and you have to hear this. But there's a message in this movie, and I want us to hear this tonight. And it's Christmas Eve, and George Bailey finds himself more than distraught or discouraged, he's depressed. And he's considering taking the most precious gift that God has given us, and he's thinking about taking his life. And prayers for his well-being from friends and family have gone up to heaven. And now, this isn't absolutely theologically biblically correct, so you're just going to have to play along, but prayers do go to heaven. He hears our prayers. But the angels are getting together, and the head angels, and they're responding to George's prayer, and they assign Clarence Oddbody as his guarding angel, but first they want to take a look at George's life, and they want to see how did he get to this point of his life in such great despair and considering taking God's greatest gift. Let's look at this. So I want to hit on some truths that this movie talks about, but they're crucial truths in the Word of God. And the first one is, as we come tonight, God has a purpose for your life. Each and every life represented here, I want you to know that. If you're doubting that, I've ever questioned that, I want you to walk away this evening knowing absolutely that God has a purpose for your life. And what I mean by that is no one here is a mistake. No one is a mistake. God knows all about you. Your birth parents may not have planned you, but God planned you. Amen? The Word tells us you were made by God and for God. And the psalmist tells us in Psalm 139, 13, for you form my innermost parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. God planned you. He has a purpose for your life. We look at George Bailey, and he was a responsible young man. He had a business mind. He worked at his father's Bailey building and loan. And he was, uh, when his father passed away, he was voted in to take his father's place as a CEO of the Bailey building and loan. And they provided home loans for the working poor, for they could get out of the rental slums of uh, Mr. Potter, Potter that owned everything, it seemed, in town, and he was the richest man in town, and 
But George, see, he wanted to always get out of town. He had big plans, big dreams, big desires. He wanted to leave Bedford Falls, New York, and he wanted to see the world. He wanted to be somebody. He had a plan for success for his life, and he didn't want to run this Bailey building alone. And as I look at that, yeah, I've watched it every year for I couldn't tell you how many years. I'm a fanatic about this. We watched part one Sunday night, and when you watch movies in bed, you fall asleep. <laughs> Teresa falls asleep, so I stop it. So we started again last night, and we're having busy days and busy nights, and she falls asleep again last night. I keep watching it because I'm going to tell you, I'm a sap. I cry every time, all right? And, and, and you know, it's, it's not a pretty sight. You know, it was like Ryan, our, our connections pastor, he was crying on Sunday when the Cowboys lost. And so, I, I couldn't pass that up. But in life, we have our plans and our dreams and our desires. We do. We have things we want to do, we want to accomplish. And, and George was a little bit, he was a frustrated young man because he wanted to get out of town and he wanted to build and he wanted to see places. And Proverbs tells us, chapter 16, verse 9, it says, A man, his mind plans his way as he journeys through life, but God directs his steps and establishes them. Down the street, down the street. But God, say that with me, but God. You see, we have our plans, our dreams, our desires, but God. And it all starts with God when it comes down to it. It's not about you. It's not about me. The purpose of our life is far greater than our our personal fulfillment and our personal happiness. It's far greater than our dreams or our ambitions or your career And if you really want to know why you're on planet Earth, why you're here, what's your purpose, we have to begin with God. That's the starting place. That's the starting point. Because we were made by God and for God and for His purpose. And we search for this purpose of life, for meaning, for significance. And it's puzzled mankind, every one of us, forever. And usually the reason it puzzles us, we start at the wrong starting point. We start with ourselves. What do I want? What do I desire? Where do I want to go? What do I want to be? And the starting point is with God himself. And we only will discover who we really are, our identity, and our purpose is when we come into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, when we ask him to be our Lord and Savior. And this is what Christmas is all about. Christmas makes all the difference in your life and my life right now, and then for all of eternity. The starting point is a relationship with God only through Jesus Christ. And so we look at this Christmas story And it's the manger scene. We have Mary, and we have Joseph, and we have a baby, and we think how nice this is, but we also need to see how powerful and relevant this is. She's a virgin, Mary, and it's an immaculate conception. I almost said reception. Some of you know what that that is. It's an immaculate conception. He is given God's Son. He's divine. God in the flesh. Jesus is on a mission. 
He came to bring us back to God the Father because we were separated by this thing called sin. And that's the problem with the world today. And every one of us, this thing called sin, we're separated from God because he's a holy, perfect God. And the thing is, you can know God tonight. Not just about God, but really, really know God. Not just at Christmas time, but we can know him every day through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And the good news is he was thinking about you and me long before we ever thought about him. His purpose for your life predates your conception. We may choose our career and we have our hobbies and we choose our spouse, but God chooses our purpose. So what's our purpose? First of all, that we can know God, that we can have a relationship with God. And that purpose is to know him in this life. And the purpose is that we are going to make him known, that we are going to live our lives representing him well, that we want other people to know this wonderful God, to know his love, to know this Jesus that came from heaven and came to the earth and wants to live in their lives. Not perfect lives, but we can represent him. What does he look like? So here's a question. What or who are you living for tonight? And I want to tell you, God has big plans for you. Tell your neighbor, God has big plans for you. And I know some of you don't believe that right now. If we want to use the phrase of the night, he has a wonderful life planned for you. Not a perfect life, but his life is a wonderful life. It's the best life possible. Amen? He has Big plans for you. And this is what he says to the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 29. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. And too often we live this life in survival mode and we long for success and significance and we find ourselves disillusioned. Disillusioned. Yeah, why am I here? What on earth am I here for? Am I making a difference? Am I making a positive difference in anyone's life? Am I doing any good on planet earth? And he got to this point of great discouragement because, you know, he runs the savings building alone. His partner is Billy, his uncle, who started it with his father. And, and Billy misplaces $8,000. And we look at this movie, and there's some figures thrown around. Uh, he saved 2000 he was going to leave town with his bride on their honeymoon and going to see the world. We think, well, $2,000, that's not bad, but how many could use an extra 2000 at Christmas right now? Yeah, but 2000 today would be $30,000. He was going to take $30,000 and see the world on his honeymoon. Billy misplaces $8,000, and that's not good, and you could be in trouble, but he is believing he's going to face fraud and it's going to look like embezzlement, and he's going to go to prison, and he believes it'd be better if I wasn't born because 8000 is like over $100,000 in 2019. We ask ourselves sometimes just in our lives, well, why am I here? What am I doing? And I want you to hear this tonight. No one is born to be a failure. I believe that's a message from God. No one is born to be a failure. Do you know what it's like? And I think some of us can say that. What is it like to really be discouraged? 
How many would say tonight, there's been a time in your life you really were discouraged? Yeah. Fearful of your future. Man, are things going to get better? Are things going to turn around? You see, Christmas is also about Jesus meeting us at our point of need, right where we are, right where we live. And the good news is he shows up each and every day, not just right here in the sanctuary. I'm thankful for that, aren't you? He meets us at our point of need. Aren't you thankful God hears and answers prayer? That's a sincere prayer, no matter where you are. How many have seen Mike Lindell, the MyPillow guy, on TV? How many have seen that guy does his own camera? How many have a MyPillow? We're getting one in a few days. It's coming in the mail. I hope it's good. Do you know where God met him? He was a crack addict in a crack house. That's where God met him. God will show up if you call on him. That's what the Word tells us right here. If we acknowledge him. See, his thing is right where we are, this Christmas title is an everyday title. We throw it around. Emmanuel means God with us. He knows what life is like. He lived it. He lived it. He knows what you're going through, what you're facing, what you're thinking, what you're feeling. He started life in the lowest of lows. He started in a stable, in a manger. How many are parents here tonight? How many have ever caught yourself saying things your parents said to you? And it scares you. Here's one of them. What's the matter with you? Were you born in a barn? You leave the door open. Somebody says that to Jesus. What's the matter with you? You're born in a barn. Well, matter of fact, I was. Yeah. You know, right where the lowest of the lows greeted him. Shepherds were the lowest of society. His earthly mother and father scorned by their families. No one believed their story about this baby to be born. So I ask you again, do you know what it's like to feel desperately alone at times without answers for the situation that you're in? And so here it is. Christmas is all about God God meeting us at our point of need. And he'll show up if we acknowledge him. Jeremiah 29, he also says, then you'll call upon me and go and pray to me. I'll listen to you. And you'll seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. If you're sincere, I will be found by you, says the Lord. And I'm going to bring you back out of your despair and desperation and your discouragement. I will bring you back. How is it possible? Christmas. Jesus left heaven in glory itself. And he, the creator, became creation and put on flesh. And it says he lived among us. Christmas changes everything. And here's the last point I want to make. God has a significant life for you. No one is here just to take up space on planet earth. Your life is going to touch somebody else's life. Everyone's here to make a difference. He comes to his senses, and he says, I want to live again. I want to live again. He'd been shown what life would have been like without him. It wasn't Bedford Falls. It was Potterville. It was dark. It was depressed. People were lost. And he sees how many friends he has. His life 
touch so many lives. When you live for the purpose of God, I want you to know tonight, each and every one of us, you are a blessing, you're significant, you matter, you make a difference because you're living for God, not just yourself. Amen? Tell your neighbor you're a blessing. Tell your other neighbor you matter. Amen? Amen. When you live for the purpose of God, you become a blessing. Hundreds of blessings walking out of here tonight. That's a great thing, isn't it? Hundreds of blessings walking out of here tonight. Years ago, there was an oil painting of a man, Faust, in a chess game with the devil. The look on the man's face, Faust, in the painting is one of abject despair. He's been reduced to a few pawns, a knight, and his king. From across the chessboard, the devil leers at him with anticipation of his victory. Chess players from around the world came to view this painting at the art gallery, study the situation of the chessboard, and all agreed Faust's situation was hopeless. And the painting was entitled Checkmate, which of course means the game is over. Then one day, the renowned chess master came to view the painting. He pondered the painting and pondered the painting, and viewers came, and viewers went, and he, he just kept pondering the painting, the position of the pieces on the board. Then everyone in the gallery was startled and shaken when the chess master shouted, the king has one more move. And that's the message I really want you to walk out of here tonight with. It's the Christmas message. Adam and Eve fell in the garden, but the king had one more move. Moses and the children of Israel were at the Red Sea, but the king had one more move. Daniel was in the lion's den, but the king had one more move. Moved. The three Hebrew children were in the fiery furnace, but the king had one more move. There were 400 years of silence between Malachi and Matthew. God wasn't speaking. No one had heard a word from him. He was silent. The heavens were shut up. There wasn't a prophet. Godly people were growing weary and well-doing. Religious people became cynical. The world was under the heavy boot of Rome, and the common everyday people had lost hope. But the king had one more move. Say it with me. One more move. For there's born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. When you're wondering what in the world is going on, when you're questioning your existence, when you aren't able to see this working out or turning around, when you're at the end of your rope, when you're heartbroken, disillusioned, doubting, and discouraged, I'm here tonight to tell you the Christmas message. The king has one more move. Hallelujah. He always has one more move. Merry Christmas.